tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. I love you all so much. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I am here to rock. Join me as always, my good friend. Uh, man, look at Rico Suave Seductive. Look <laughs> at this guy. Hair on point, jacket on point, the heartthrob of tinfoil hat. My good friend and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? How are you, bud? Doing good, good. Happy, how- happy Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. How was your Thanksgiving, dude? It was good. It was festive. Very Mexican. Hey, I- did you have more than 10 people? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, where down the yeah. street is. Yeah, where on the street is. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're back and you didn't get deported. And joining us straight out of the Hicks, man, way deep, <laughs> in, deep in the, appears to be Utah somewhere, counting <laughs> sheep and uh, discovering a obelisk with a weird ninja guy next to it. Uh, Johnny Woodard, how are you, Johnny? I'm okay, buddy. I'm okay. Johnny, how's your aunt? Have you seen her since you've been there? No, no. Uh, she didn't come up uh, for this. Uh, I saw my other aunt, but not that aunt, not the conspiracy. How come aunt. she doesn't want to meet her celebrity nephew that's on the hit show she can't stop watching? <laughs> I'm actually not. I don't know what, what her deal is. I, I it's going to be COVID, weird but... when she has you sign like her chi-chis like chicks always like. <laughs> she, she's still uh, – she's with you. She's still uh, – on, she still thinks the president is going to remain the president. Too. A lot she's, of people do, with, Johnny. A lot wow. of people do. A lot of people. I know Tino Sanchez wants you for two fifty two. Welcome oh, aboard, shit. Tino. Welcome aboard. You want you want his two fifty two, Johnny? Yeah. Do you have his proxy? I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 hook it up. We'll see. We'll see, Johnny. Damn, Bring that's it in. 750. That's 750. That's 750. Johnny. Johnny, you have to ensure that you have 750. No, I got 750. <laughs> are we going to get into your Bitcoin? Are you going to transfer the Bitcoin to me? I'll, 750 in Bitcoin? It, it's really irrelevant how much money I have because I, you guys, this is, I told Sam the other day, this is like you bet me who's going to win the Super Bowl five minutes after the game ended. It's basically what just happened here. I just want you all to know that. <laughs> Hey, guys, I can't wait. Assuming this thing still happens, I will be at the Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis, December 3rd through the 5th. Come get weird on that, okay? I got myself, my buddy Howie Dewey. That's a real name. He's joining me. And then Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm. He'll be doing a guest spot one of the nights, maybe both nights. I don't know, but we're going to do it. And then uh, I am going to be in Morris Plains, New Jersey, uh, December, I believe it's 18th. I got to put that on the internet. I got to put that on the internet. Um, December 18th and 19th, I will be at Tiff's 
and uh, the dojo of comedy. So that's exciting stuff. Uh, guys, uh, here's what's going on. I am 400 subscribers away from my goal of 2,000 subscribers on the Tim Full Hat pop Patreon. Please help me out and help me live my dreams, okay? Uh, you are getting three episodes, four episodes a week, 30 minutes to an hour every time on a wide range of different discussions in the, in the, in the truth or community. Okay. I walk you through some of the stuff that's going on. Um, so you can have a better understanding. And I know that we're going on lockdown again and the internet's going to get more COVID, 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 Antifa election, all that stuff. We get to talk about the fun stuff. So we're not the shit you're getting pounded on. Okay. That's a great show. Uh, go check out my 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 spiritual podcast. It's called Zero and is available exclusively on Rockfin. Uh, that's R O K F I N dot com slash zero. Uh, I'm doing two or three of those a week on there. So go check it out. Uh, with all the stuff I'm putting out, you should have more than enough uh, entertainment because I'm not watching television, dude. Uh, at all so i always need an alternative to stuff so please join me on there it's a great way to support the show great way to support the show and uh t-shirts so we're gonna i just made new t-shirts called local celebrity if you're on the patreon you understand (laughs) what local celebrity means uh we have are you not entertained that is going up as well and then we have uh fuck your blue check mark Great way to show the show, sports show. And then also you, you we have, uh, and that's at TimFallHatTshirts.com. And then go check out Tim Fall Hat Swag. And that's for cups, hats, condoms. Uh, what else we got in there? Socks. We're going to be, uh, you name it. All that beanies, will soon everything. be available. What's that? I said beanies, hats, everything. Dad hats, trucker hats. All trucker your hats, hat you name it. Tim Fall Hat. It. Come on, get a hat. Get a hat. Support the show. Uh, it's a great way to support the show. Uh, this episode we have going on right now is I'm very excited. It is uh, it is with Isaac Weisip, and we talk about the movie They Live by John Carpenter cele- uh, that is uh, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, and we talk a lot about how this movie applies to what is going on today. I hope you guys enjoyed the show because I know I enjoyed it. Now, again, guys, we had some internet issues. We're dealing with it right here. Uh, I'm going to deal with it. It's, of course, it's our good friends at Spectrum that are fucking with my shit. So uh, deal with it. But n- luckily, Johnny, XG, and Isaac pick up where I drop off. It's a wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. I love you guys very much. Oh, guys, and congratulations. Not this episode. The last episode was the big 400. Thank you guys for both being a part of it. Uh, we're just cranking out episodes for you. As long as we're on lockdown, you will be getting Tim Fall Hat episodes cranked out. I love you all very much. Enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. I uh, think this guest, we're blessed to have him back. I think he's done the show almost as much as anybody else. We should start counting, but I'm oh. super lazy. Uh, he's been on every time he's on. It, the show always gets insane response, so I'm super excited about that. He has a podcast called Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture, and his new hit book, Alien UFOs and the Occult, is available now for your reading pleasure. Please welcome Isaac Weisip. How are you, brother? Hey, welcome. man. What's happening? I'm so happy to be back on here. Uh, man, if I, could be, if I could be the number one spot for most repeated return guests, that would be an honor. I think you are, dude. Oh, dude. I think you are. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I lost count too, but uh, that's dope, man. I'll, yeah, I'll come on this show anytime you guys want me to, anytime. Uh, real quick, so we got the book. We got the podcast. You're now on Rockfin too, am I correct? You're doing Rockfin? What, what, what show are you doing on Rockfin? Yeah, so um, and I'll give like a real quick, brief history because a lot of people got confused by this. So uh, I've got, I got my podcast, right? And I started a Patreon a few years back where – you, you get all the little perks, you know, no commercials. You get a, maybe a bonus episode or two every month, that kind of thing. And then when they started hitting that censorship button again in October on all the, uh, the, uh, the Q folks, I had several people reach out to me and say, hey, man, like, I can't in good conscience support you through this, av- this venue. And I said, look, I, I get that. Uh, they've been good to me. I, I have no problems. They have no problems with me as far as I know. Uh, but I'll keep, you know, so I'm, I'm keeping the Patreon going as, as intended until they pull the plug. Uh, but for the people, they wanted me to find another Avenue. Uh, Rockfin was an option, right? So I, I now am featuring all my bonus content for conspiracy theories and unpopular culture on Rockfin. And on top of that for Rockfin, I have this exclusive show called inside the mind of a conspiracy theorist. And I do, uh, about two episodes a month, maybe three, and it's it's a little bit more more of a personal note, more of behind the scenes. Uh, it has like you know, it's kind of a mixture of segments. Like originally, the big the big section is truth or drama, right? Like what uh, you you guys experience this when I you're in this that. truth world? It's it's drama nonstop. It's like we're all slicing each other's throats as quick as we can. You know, I couldn't agree with that more, dude. I could not agree with that. They always say that the left eats itself alive. I'm like, so don't conspiracy theorists. Yeah, Everybody's controlled opposition. So, you know, listen, if you're not being called control opposition, you ain't doing jack <laughs> shit in this business, okay? <laughs> Someone hasn't said that you're CIA or a gay Jew shill. You're not doing squat, okay? So now the latest <laughs> one is – Jason Goodman is calling Bishop Larry Gators something. And I'm like, well, I mean, like, I love Bishop Larry Gators on, and he enter- it's entertaining as shit. And a lot of it lines up. Um, and I know people have said that about Jason Goodman, and I know that because they've said that about me too. Like, so it's like, I'm just, yeah. like, just going to enjoy people. And if they say something I think is completely stupid, then I'll just disregard it. I can't, like... I mean, it's like if if you fight with everybody, you're just alone in the corner. I learned that in comedy too. Like I would just get in these like comedy police battles with people trying to right all the wrongs. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's like nobody wants to work with you. You're just on your own. And it's just like, it's boring. You're like, Jason Goodman's doing great work. Uh, you know, Bishop Larry Gator's doing great work. The, the Amazing Polly was banging with, the, like, um, Whitney Webb. And those that was, like, the conspiracy version of Tupac versus Biggie. You got, like, these two great, like, people. Go, it's like, dude, it's like, the, it's like my thing about Q. And I know you have your thing, but it's like, I either like the information or I don't like the information. I don't, you know, for me personally, I'm not trying to get, have, wait for anybody to save me. So it is, I, I think what you're doing is a really great idea, dude, because there is so much infighting. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not as, and I don't want to give a false sort of pretense. Um, I'm not as plugged in. Like I follow some truthers, um, but like it mostly pertains to the drama that I 
sort of deal with from a personal note. And, and, and the caveat I always throw out is, and, and you're in the same ball, ballpark as I am, I, I believe, where it's like, look, like, I don't have to agree with all these people. In fact, that's a beautiful thing. We all disagree with each other. And like, on some levels, I'm okay with the fighting because it's like, yeah, we're all trying to like sort of flesh out these ideas because all we got is each other. The, the mainstream media isn't going to talk about this stuff. This is the only venue in which we can sort of argue the points of like, like, I believe this. No, you're wrong because of that. Um, which, you know, t- today's show, we, we could very easily get into some territory that, you know, maybe we all don't agree on uh, because, because, uh, you know, some of the, some of the synopsis and plots of these films that we talk about, uh, they get into territories that I, I sort of find myself on the opposite side of the fence from a lot of truthers because, to me, from my perception, it feels like the truther community has been almost co-opted into supporting a right-wing agenda. Um, and these are very controversial things, right? But uh, I mean, dude, I'm not against that at all. And I think you're uh, – because that label has been thrown on me. Now, right. I didn't help it by registering as a libertarian, but I am a uh, – because I think the libertarian party – is the closest thing to old school liberalism right now. Yeah. But I get called conservative. I, I hear whispers. I have friends of mine going, hey, dude, these guys are asking me if you're like a Republican and conservative. I'm like, I mean, I just had a guy go, how come every joke you do is about gay sex? I mean, like, what are we doing here, right? I mean, <laughs> fucking XG's like, have XG, everyone's going to XG. Dude, is Sam really into trans? It's like, I, like I'm either a conservative or I'm a power bottom. I don't know what you guys think's going on here. I'm just, so, I just like to fucking just enjoy the world and just listen to what everybody says. Like, I like everybody, dude. I'm open-minded, like, to me, but I get called a conservative all the time. Because and you like because of, the, because of the Second Amendment, you you have picture with your guns up, and you can't have one or the other. I don't know how you can't be in the middle. It's so weird. It's just really weird. So I think that's a great point, Isaac. And that does not like it doesn't. I, I totally see what that point of view is, and we'll get into that a little later. Um, so Isaac, how old are you, by the way? Do you mind saying, or do you want them to think you're uh, like a oh, fucking I'm eight, I'm 18, uh, boy band, 20 year old? No, I just, I, yeah, I just hit my 41st birthday actually. So cheers oh, congratulations, to that. dude. You're, you're, you're a great 40. Um, 40 is a great age. It's a great age. It really just is like, it's this weird. It's like, I think your best age as, as, uh, as a man is your twenties and then your forties because your twenties, you're like, you're still running and gunning, but you have a kind of understanding that there's a little bit of consequences for your actions. And you, and about 24, you start to really open up. You're like, well, okay, it's not what I've been told. There's a real, there's a, there's a whole different world out there. And you're, you know, you're just, you're not, it's not really about money at that point. And you're just having fun. You're, you're, you're hooking up with anybody and everything. And it's a great time. And then you turn 40 and you're kind of start getting in your financial career where you're like kind of hitting your stride but you know your body overthrows uh, overthrows the dictator if you know there's like a cool <laughs> on your sex drive and you start to be like okay it's not about you know getting laid all the time you just want to kind of like focus on your career it's a wonderful age i'm i'm a couple years from 50 and i'm just I, that's gonna be a weird age for me i'm already like bracing myself because you're officially 
officially <laughs> not young anymore. At yeah, 50, man. there's no like youthful 50, right? And it's just like, I'm, so, I'm like, am I, am I closest AARP shit? Like, I feel so <laughs> far away from that, dude. I know, so dude. far away, well, but it just, what you I'm hear? My discount at Denny's, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, but, so my, my, uh, my old man died at 56, but like what you're saying about turning 50, like, that's terrifying to me too. Cause I'm like, man, when you start getting in your fifties and, and you, and you, if you die, it's kind of like, eh, well, like it's like almost half expected. Like it's not so you young. Lived a good life. Are, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go at that age. You know what I mean? That's no, when you I start finding you out that like your friends start dying. Like Sam eventually he's like, yo, so-and-so that I went to high school with. And it just starts becoming normal for some reason. Well, his- dude, that's a great point. I would tell you that starts happening in your forties. That is the oh, only yeah. part that is rough about 40 is you do start losing people at a much much faster rate when you're a baby like when you lose like your parents like your grandparents you tend to be the first shot of mortality when you're like whoa hold on we're not here forever and it's like i'm never gonna see grandma again that's a that's kind of a your kind of first lesson into like life right but like when you hit 40 man people heart disease, all your fat friends that you joked around with forever, they start falling to the side. You know, it's like, start working out, dude. And um, your drug addiction gets, start, get, starts getting people. And uh, so 40, that is probably the biggest downside to, to uh, 40-year-olds that you start to lose your friends. Yeah, they know both. I lost my, uh, one of my best friends uh, back home. You know, I grew up in PA there. Uh, my best friend died last year, so... I was like, man, yeah, you ain't, you ain't lying, dude. It gets a little rougher. Uh, mortality starts creeping up on you a little bit faster, a little bit faster. And I'll lead this into what we're going to talk about, but I have a text friend with, we have, we have a, like a magnificent seven that I went to school with, man. And we're all here. Now, the sad thing is I'm the oldest and did most of the drugs. So <laughs> I'm probably the first one to check out, which sucks. But no, I mean, I, I don't want anybody to go, but it's like kind of <laughs> hilarious, dude, because I will be the first one in the group to hit 50. Now, everybody listen, that's a couple of years from now, but I, I will be the first one to hit 50, which is going to be really weird, man. And uh, but it's just like it's like no matter what you do, it just time just keeps slipping. Now I have two kids and those days fly now. They just fly. It's like a week equals like, what? Well, I mean, they feel like two days now. They just fly because every day the babies download a new operating system and you're just like, you know, now they're like way more conscious and they're way more interactive. Like now they're interacting with me. Like they're nine and a half months. We're almost 10 months. It's an interaction thing. Their personalities, they're trying to talk to me. It's like, a whole different thing but it's like before you know it to be a year and then i'm like damn dude like i'm gonna be bringing them to school and all these parents are gonna be like i'm too old for the parents you know what i'm saying they're like who's, who, who's creepy uncles here and like no these are my kids man. all right guys i want to tell you about our friends at express vpn okay uh listen man uh tech insiders explain how social media is engineered to exploit your data for profit data is the new oil and you are fossil fuels. Your data is what these giant corporations want to know. They want to know what you're buying, how you're buying, what you're watching, what you're dealing yourself to. And guess what? That is none of their business. And that's why we're proud to be teaming up with our good friends, Express 
VPN. Every time you use the internet, big tech companies mine your data by tracking your searches, messages, and your video history. And dude, they're not even asking for it. They're selling your data without even your permission. They're even doing your kids too. They're selling your kids' data, which is ridiculous, okay? But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, it hides your IP address, which websites you're using to your personal identity, okay? That makes it your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. You still need to be careful with what you share on social media, but ExpressVPN can make your web browsing more anonymous, okay? ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and private eyes. So here's what's gonna happen. So if you don't like the idea of big tech companies exploiting your personal information, then visit ExpressVPN slash tinfoil right now, and you can get three months extra of ExpressVPN for free. That's express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash tinfoil to protect your data. Go to ExpressVPN dot com slash tinfoil to learn more uh, speaking of death uh, we, I, today uh, I saw Isaac put out a tweet man I thought it was a really great tweet and, uh, if you want to get a whole analysis you can also check out this this topic on his podcast so please check that out as well uh, but he, he put out that he wanted to do he does this uh, wonderful analysis and I think it's about the occult and conspiracies of famous movies and uh, he put out that he wanted to put out what, a, a big movie for the conspiracy world and guys my age, which is They Live. Now, Johnny and uh, XG are a little young. They, this didn't hit with that. This wasn't a big part of their growing up. But for us and my age, it was because of Rowdy Piper, who is no longer with us. Um, and Roddy Piper was a big part of my my youth. And what's very interesting about Rowdy Piper is that I, I consider him having the first ever podcast, which was Piper's Pit. I don't know if you guys oh, remember God. Piper's Pit in pro wrestling. Oh, Johnny, this was before you, but this would be this thing where he it would kind of launch every wrestling war that Roddy Piper got into. And, you know, one of the famous ones he did with, with Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who later on disappeared from uh, wrestling because word came out that he had killed his girl. But he got in this big fight, broke coconuts off him. But Roddy Piper was a really big, big uh, thing. Did you, did you ever watch any of the wrestling? Uh, or was he past when you, as you were coming up, Isaac? Were you ever a big Roddy Piper fan? Oh, dude, I, um, I actually, I, I've seen those guys, uh, I'm from Allentown, PA and Snooka, he, he did that murder at the hotel right down where I live. Oh, um, snaps. Yeah. That, that, um, to say I was a fan of WWF is to put it very lightly. I was obsessed with wrestling. Like it was my, my, <laughs> my, in my blood or something. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up on Rowdy Roddy Piper. In fact, you know, in the eighties, when this movie came out, you know, I was, I was really young, too young to understand it, but I've seen it like probably four times as a child. And I watched it solely on the strength of knowing that the rodster was in it. You know what I mean? Like, like this is the hot rod and this is like his first, well, it wasn't his first movie, but I think it was his first movie that got real, real popular. Cause he was in a lot of movies after this one, uh, which, you know, he's obviously a good actor. Cause like I always defend wrestling, right? I always say like, 
uh, oh, it's fake. It's fake. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but like, you got to appreciate these guys. There's this mixture of athleticism, the theatrics, and like, they got to memorize the script. I mean, like, there's a lot going on in wrestling. You know what wrestling is, man? It's just, it's the male version of reality programming in that all that stuff you see in reality shows is all scripted. Like, okay, guys, like the Duck Dynasty guys. They're like, today, you guys, we thought it'd be funny if you guys go and you decide to wrestle go-karts or, or you know, uh, race go-kart. It's like, it's all scripted. And who actually probably wins is all scripted. You know, yeah. I mean, I, it's television, dude. And I, you know, I and I knew he wrestling wasn't real when he when Vince McMahon to get away from steroid testing came out and said it's just entertainment, it's not competition. And I had no problems with that because it was so entertaining as a kid. I mean, the the first two WrestleManias were cultural events. What up? What up? What up? You saw the two first WrestleManias? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I didn't. I got like twenty. That's what I'm asking. You, you, you remember like, oh, wow. Was it a pay-per-view? Was it free? I, no, I had, it I was like a pay-per-view, dude. It was huge. How much was it? Do you remember? Because I would have I to I do beg. not, but my, my parents got it for me. And it was, a, I mean, Hogan versus Hogan versus uh, Andre the Giant was the biggest, I think, live event ever at that moment. It was so fucking big. And we've uh, done shows about the occult. In pro wrestling, have you ever done any any episodes on that, Isaac? No, no, I need to dig into that with uh, Billy Ray Valentine. Shout out Billy yeah, Ray. Yeah, he's the guy we did. I'd love to yeah. do another episode with you guys on it. But I mean, even when Hogan goes over to the the, uh, the other wrestling, their name is the New World Order. You know, yeah. I mean, like you see that huge thing, dude. Versus, uh, you know, um, the uh, the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan was probably one of the biggest events in my youth. I mean, I mean, people were talking about that forever. Mean Gene Okerlund. So before we get into it, I just want to tell you that one of the greatest Rowdy Piper stories. So for some reason, Rowdy Piper decides he wants to do comedy. So he starts coming to the comedy store and they make him a regular. He goes up <laughs> on stage with Steve Simone and he starts telling stories. And one of the stories that he tells is one of his early wrestling gigs. They made him wrestle a bear, but they took the teeth out of the bear, okay? So the wrestling bear, and they would put honey, like, on his stomach and his shorts so he would go after him. The, the bear sucks his dick. That's, that's basically the story, dude. The bear sucks Roddy Piper's dick. So, and you can watch this, and I'll, I'll put this, I'll find it, in, and I'll put it in the links in the description. But one of the coolest things I ever did comedically was – I set up a, a fight between Roddy Piper and Ari Shafir, who was playing the Amazing Racist at that time. Guys, let me tell you about our good friends at Blue Chew, as, as I call them, freedom fighters, all right? We got these oppressive lizards coming down, trying to end us. They're trying to lower the population of America to what, 50 million? Not today, not on my watch, and not with my good friends, Blue Chew. How do you say it in Spanish? Astilla Azul. Bastia Azul, okay, guys? If you want to fight back up against these green motherfuckers, you better get yourself some Blue Chew right now because Blue Chew brings you the same first chewable active ingredients as FDA-approved Viagra and Cialis, huh? That's called danger, all right? You want to go to those 
Corporate action, you want to do the Underground Kings Blue Chew, okay? Blue Chew is made in the USA for Americans, by Americans, for American ladies. Because you know what happens if you don't bring the hammer. You got these multiple dimension guys coming here trying to bang your chick. Enough is enough, okay? Enough of these low-frequency demons trying to get that ass. American men, American ladies. And guess what? If you don't live in America, guess what? You can do American Hammer Time, too, by getting... Blue Chew, okay? Blue Chew is made in America. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor. Wait in line, okay? Because that's how they snag you when you're waiting in line to do the facial recognition. I do this. When I see a camera, I go, boom, Blue Chew in your face, okay? (laughs) Right? It's even cheaper than the pharmacy, all right? And they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package, all right? No awkwardness unless you want that because I'm kind of into that shit, okay? I'm into awkward sex. Like, this is uncomfortable, but it makes me feel good. Thanks to Blue Chew, all right? It's so simple, guys. So here's what's going on. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get the first shipment free when you use our special promo code, TINFOIL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code TINFOIL to try for free. All right. Blue Chew is better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast, okay? And remember, when you support our sponsors, you make this podcast possible. So be sure to use the promo code TIPFOIL at BlueChew.com. Enjoy the show. We had, a, we had a show called The Naughty Show, and TMZ ended up covering this. And basically the show was, uh, we, would, uh, we would have adult film stars on the show, and we would give them a fake, a naughty show Lifetime Achievement Award, which was called the Silver Slong. And uh, it was, it was the sil- this is the song about the silver slong, the silver slong of excellence because it's excellent. And it was uh, our Lifetime Achievement Award. It was just a, a way to get girls to come down and do it. And Dana DeArmond did it. And I go, Dana, we're going to do this whole sketch thing with Roddy Piper. Do you know what it is? She's like, yeah, I know what it is. Ari's going to play the amazing racist. He's going to say some nasty shit. Don't get angry. She's like, oh, it's all good. So Dane DeArmond was a co-host. We gave her the uh, the silver song. And we go, any questions? And Artie's in the back. Yeah, I got a question. And we're like, we're like oh, no, it's the, it's the amazing racist. Be nice. He goes, he goes uh, I got a question for you. Whoa. What are your... What do your grandparents think in heaven of you having sex with black guys? And we're like, what are you doing? Stop an amazing racist. And all of a sudden on the screen goes, bong. And you hear this thing. I'm here to do two things. Chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. And then it goes this highlight reel of Roddy Piper's greatest hits. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Roddy Piper. And Roddy Piper walks through the improv and is like, amazing racist, come up on stage, right? So Ari comes up on stage, and, dude, Roddy Piper starts lighting up fucking Ari's fear. Ari acts like he's leaving, and he turns around, and he smacks the shit out of Roddy Piper, right? Roddy Piper goes, okay, throws the mic, grabs, starts beating up. Ari Shafir, right, grabs his head, but like a pro knows what he's doing, and starts slamming it on the keyboards of the whole uh, of the of the piano yeah. on stage, and then starts whipping him. And Ari runs off, and it's probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my life, dude. <laughs> That's it was awesome. so, 
amazingly cool. And that's how cool Roddy Piper was. So to get into the movie, and I'm like, dude, that starts like nine, 30 minutes in, they start talking <laughs> about the movie. But it's just like, whatever, dude. This is our time. To, we're a bunch of pro wrestling nuts that fucking love this shit. So uh, yeah. real quick, do you want to, Isaac, kind of give a little, like what your your synopsis, like, Tell us a little bit about the plot of the movie, Johnny. I yeah. know you would just watch it. I watched it. I don't I know if you watched it actually, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I'd love start to start with it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can give, and of course, plot spoilers, right? Plot spoilers coming up. We can kind of walk through it. Uh, and, and to be honest, I rewatch. I haven't seen this movie in at least ten years, so fifteen years probably. So this is like the first time post Red Pill that I've watched it. Um, and to be honest, like the story lacks a lot of uh, dialogue <laughs> and information. There's not much going on in this movie. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. I love John Carpenter. He's a freaking legend. He made the greatest <laughs> movies of all time, but it's a, you know, kind of a, kind of a light movie, but uh, still a classic. But- Do you think, cause Johnny brought this up about how this movie uh, inspired so much art and in particular memes. Do you think the memes Bring it uh, are more conspiratorial and red pill than the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's I think you, and that's what in fact prompted me to be like, you know what, I should watch this movie again. And uh, sure enough, I, I found a copy of it on the on the deal there. But um, the the in the storyline, and, and and we'll just walk through it real quick. So the uh, the because the memes that people see, I argue that the the conspiracy community that perpetuates these memes have lost the original intention of John Carpenter, right? Because the whole movie is a a uh, a narrative against um the sort of right wing forces because that's what the aliens represent. They represent these right wing forces, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a it's almost a pro communism movie on some levels, right? Which we'll get into, but the you know the whole storyline hot rod he's a homeless dude and uh you know he's just down on his luck but he's he looks like an la homeless dude like good looking (laughs) you know in shape he gets it he's got his backpack with his tools he's like i'm just you know typical your your red-blooded 80s american hero i'm just here to work and put a hard day's labor in and uh you know he gets a job at the construction site and he take he's shredded dude he's like, like no homeless guy is Yoked up on chicken breast and broccoli like that. Like, he's, he's just baby oil down, you know? But, dude, have you been to San Diego? They're all looking like Brad Pitt from 12 Monkeys. They're, like, they're, they're low body fat. They got that look like they've been to the future and they know something. Oh, dude. Why they're shitting, <laughs> why they're shitting on the sidewalk. Yeah, there's there's a I, – I keep meaning to draw a graph. There's, like, a, a an invor- inverse relationship of, like, wealth and security to body fat you know like it's like <laughs> the worse off you are the more ripped you are kind of thing <laughs> yeah oh yeah well you're always walking you're always in the sun you don't you can't snack right i mean when you're homeless you're not snacking <laughs> yeah you're eating like two meals a day calling it a day <laughs> yeah so that's what the anyway, that's what the rodster is in this movie man and he's he's you know he's He's doing the uh, '80s, you know, jackhammer and pop, 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 and uh, he's hanging out with Keith David, right? Keith David's another great actor. He was in, uh, he was in John Carpenter's The Thing. He was in Men at Work. Uh, he was in Requiem for a Dream. If you remember that, he, you know, 
Ooh, I pulled it off for air, made Marion, but you know, <laughs> I know it's pretty or whatever. Uh, so he was a great actor. And, you know, these two guys had this chemistry on the screen that like, it didn't matter that there wasn't a ton of plot to this movie because of people just the, like them. Oh dude. It, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a tag team right there with, with hot rod and Keith David. Uh, so it was like, it was almost like the original lethal weapon almost, right? Like, yeah, they almost had the same dynamic in a weird way, huh? Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. You know, if anyone, you know, and, and as much as it sounds like I'm ragging on it, if people haven't seen it, I mean, they got to watch it, right? Like, this is a classic. Um, and, and, and that's basically the two main characters of this movie. There's, there's another character. In fact, in fact, Hot doesn't even have a freaking name in the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he has no name uh and there's only one character with like a first and last name and that's uh holly thompson uh and and she has such a minor role i mean she's a blip in the movie but but anyway like they're they're hanging out they're at the homeless village uh you know getting their getting their soup kitchen on and there's a church right next to it that's presumably sort of organizing this homeless village and here's where we we hear the philosophy dropped by Keith David. He's talking to Hot Rod about how basically the elites are taking advantage and they're, they're hoarding all the wealth. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's again, a, a condemnation of free market capitalism, which John Carpenter was more than explicitly open that that's what this movie was all about, um, unfettered capitalism. And, and he said, you know, to defend him, which, which I'm, I'm with him, I agree. He said that, he doesn't have a problem with capitalism per se. It's when it's sort of unchecked, unregulated and gets out of control. You have basically the plot of this movie where, which is, which is crony capitalism, which is ultimately my issue with arco capitalism. And I know I I got people going to go nuts on me about that. It's like capitalism is great. If you have unchecked capitalism, the really smart and the really wealthy are just going to end up on top again, right out the gate. If you have wealth, you have a giant, giant, giant head start. And if you're insanely smart, almost to the point of diabolical, you're also going to get into some trouble as well. It's just the way it is, man. And it's just like, that's why, like I always say, I like, I like capitalism, but you got to have a couple checks, like get rid of, um, get rid of lobbying. I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, if you can lobby, you can control everything. Uh, and that's really a, getting rid well, of no, the lobby. Sam, there's this class of CEOs and lobbyists that are sociopaths because those are the skills that are required to really achieve at that level. And, I mean, they've done, you know, they talked to all that. There are interviews with CEOs and stuff, and they've found that those are the qualities that are required to be, a, like, at the Fortune 500 level. Uh, a board member or a CEO, you know, you kind of have to be a sociopath. And I think that's kind of what these people are, you know, these non-humans in this movie, I think. Sam, when you say capitalism, do you, like, mean, like, kind of Bernie Sanders cancel all billionaires? There shouldn't be any? No, no, I don't agree with that. I don't don't agree with that you should penalize wealth. I just think you shouldn't allow it to die. I mean, like, we are watching the biggest... um, the exchange of wealth ever, right? I mean, like these billions of dollars that are going to all these giant corporations, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Amazon, you know, it's just, 
I, I mean, like, it's unbelievable. How are mom and pop stores about that? But how are they supposed to compete? Yeah. And, I mean, not only that, though. Right now, yeah. I mean, like, dude, what we're seeing right now is generational. It's going to affect generations. Like, people pass down restaurants to their children. Those are gone. Those are going to be gone. These kids aren't going to have this restaurant to run like they would normally have if this stupid virus hadn't been shoved down our throats. This is, ins- I mean, like, the ramifications of this is humongous. So, like, I have no problems. I'm like, my things are like, get rid of fee of entry and get rid of lobbying and bring in term limits. Those are probably the two of the biggest things I would do, I, uh, rules I would have in capitalism. And free market. Because, what's that? Free market. Well, free market is great when it's a free market. But we, you know, like we'll take big pharmaceuticals in the health care industry. It is not a free market. It is collusion at every level. And, and the fee of entry is what libertarians, I wish they would focus on, but they never do because the, they're, the top libertarian party is just as corrupt as any other party. They're all bought and sold. So if you're not talking about the fact that it costs $250,000 to become a doctor, okay, right? That's done purposely. So when you graduate, you have to pay off that loan, which means your options are very, very limited. You can't just go and start your own practice and squeak by for a couple of years. You have to get back to paying that off. Why is that? It shouldn't be like that. Well, dude, it's yeah. like, I mean, remember in, um, is it Wall Street or, oh, no, no, in uh, the, the the big short, you know, they want these these. Those chop shop style stockbrokers, they want their employees going into debt because then they have to work their ass off to fuel the you know and fuel this system of sales and sales where they don't produce any products. But and, and that and that works at the you know in society at large it works on a much grander scale because when people go into debt, then they have to participate in this system. You know, without if you didn't have if you don't have debt, you can drop off the grid at any time in, in you know in a limited way. But when you have debt, you know, they will come find you. They And you have to participate. You're kind of – and that's – I mean, debt is a real – I, I mean, that's how sure, they – that's that's how we're all compromised is debt. You know, we, we like to talk about how they compromise people with crimes, you know, and, and, and sex stuff. But we're all compromised by debt in that way, and we're obliged to more, participate. Dude. Couldn't agree there's, more. There's a good argument. Speaking of the old uh, – the proverbial move out to the woods in a cabin deal, there's a good argument I heard against – like, like a lot of people, you know, actually was talking about like, you know, oh, should we cancel billionaires? Um, you know, and and ultimately, I think there's a balance of free market capitalism, socialism in our country that works really well. And that's why, like, I'm always I'm always anti-censorship with the sense that, like, even if I disagree with the, perp- the, the extremist on this end or that end, I think everyone needs a voice so we can find that balance. Because I think all of America is sort of in agreement, like... I, Ultimately, we all agree, like, no, we shouldn't have special interest lobbyists and all this stuff that, like, doesn't make any sense. And it's not right that, like, billionaires don't pay any taxes. Um, and, and what I was going to say is there's a good argument someone had about, you know, the billionaires that, that, that say, oh, well, I should be punished because I, I'm more successful. And the argument is, well, okay, you don't have to be more successful. You can go move out in the woods in a cabin right now and just live on your own. And then the billionaire would be like, well, no, I, w- I mean, I want to like be part of the system here and make my money. 
And it's like, well, you see, you have to pay your taxes to be part of the system because it's the middle class, the taxpayers that enable you to become that billionaire. So you have to reinvest. You have to keep minimum wage high enough to keep people spending money. If everybody's broke and can't afford rent, guess what? No one's buying anything. And guess what? I totally agree with that part. The taxes thing is just like, I mean, like we, the taxes were done by Woodrow Wilson in, in a fucking thief in the night. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be around that much. And most of our tax code just to pay off the Fed's interest. So I, I understand in the concept of what most people think taxes are, which is we pay a tax so that our roads can get fixed and all that. Other thing. So I understand all, all that. I have no problems with someone being a billionaire. What I have a problem with is when they game the system so much. So my real problem is, is when people close the door behind them, yeah. that upsets me. Yeah. You know, when you had all these people, uh, I'm all over the place, but when you had all these like voiceover people who've already made all their money talking about how like, Oh, black people should voice black black characters and all that shit as they were, they were just collecting checks forever, making it impossible for people behind them to make the same living that they made. I have fucking problems with that shit, man. That upsets me. Um, fee of entry is fucking bullshit. Uh, I mean, we're paying taxes on the purchase uh, on, on state level. I mean, it's every moment there's a fucking tax going on and where's it go? Like, uh, they, you know, my brother was just telling me, he went to Nevada. They legalized weed. He bought $30 worth of weed and had paid $20 worth of taxes. Yep, exactly. It's like, what are we talking about here? And where, where does this go? It comes back to exchanges. But back to this movie, this is what they're talking about, unchecked capitalism. And what we're asking for is corrupt people to fix corruption. And it's, it's never going to happen until they get a fire to the feet, man. And we wake the fuck up and we're starting to see that people are like, fuck you and your shutdown orders. I don't care if it's the black plague is here, dude. People should have the right to make a living. And that's my opinion. And that, that, that's why I'm starting to realize, do we really have capitalism? Because right now we have a, a fucking few telling the many what they can or can they, cannot do. When Gavin Newsom is going to fucking giant parties while he's making it outlaw us having parties, at that point we should be grabbing him and throwing him in jail. That's my opinion. Hypocrisy should be at the least a misdemeanor. Right? You should be like... You, I mean, dude, if you're like a, a, a senator uh, trying to outlaw gay marriage and then you're caught blowing truckers <laughs> on the weekend, you should have to do that on OnlyFans. There should be a video of you <laughs> doing it and that all everybody in your district gets to watch if they have the stomach for just to see what a fucking hypocrite you are. But back to unchecked. No, what we have right now is crony capitalism. Yeah, it's the, just crony capitalism. And, and John Carpenter, he said that um, he said that this was a critique against Reagan uh, back in the eighties. And he said in interviews not too long ago, less than 10 years ago, that we still have the same system. He said that, and you know, there's arguments that he's right still, right. There's arguments that we de you know, talking about Johnny talked about the movie, the big short, which if I, if I recall correctly, that was talking about, why the 2008 housing market crash happened and the financial crisis happened. And, you know, that seems to prove it because that was because of deregulation of wall street and the idea that like wall street's always fun of the money to lobbyists to cry about how, Oh, you're, 
you're tying our hands and we can't do anything and this is bad for everyone's 401k and all this stuff. And meanwhile, they tank the economy with their, with their uh, sketchy things they do. And nobody goes to jail. It's legal. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's gambling, but with other people's money, with the money yeah. of the American people is what they were doing. And, and, and the sickening part, which I'm behind John Carpenter's point on this, the sickening part to me is that we then used, we, we sort of did corporate socialism where we bailed out these, these companies. Like, 100%. not free market capital. That's not, you know, free market capital is like, you take the fall too. Like, that's, there's winners and losers. And that, yeah, for sure. That's, you know, I will say uh, the, the Republicans, the few that there were, like Ron Paul, his son Rand Paul, that opposed those bailouts, I have, I have a lot more respect for those guys because of that. Because there were so many Republicans that were just fell right in line uh, with, with that, like you said, a socialist bailout, bailout of, of those companies that deserve to be out of business forever. Yeah. And in jail, you know, most of them. But, uh, you know who, uh, who I thought was for sure going to get in trouble when they were doing that insider training before the coronavirus? And that hasn't even got mentioned. Yeah, well, they, they're well, still investigating that, apparently, those senators yeah, that were. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it is, I think it's a law that they're allowed if they they're allowed to get inside information because they they they're the ones who fucking basically vote on these laws of course they say it's okay for them to get inside information to get rid of their thing 100% and Johnny it wasn't that it's not gambling dude it's like do you guys ever play craps yeah you, right yeah. there's nobody you hate more than a guy who bets against the house right <laughs> and yeah, that but that is gambling is what I mean. Goldman Sachs did Right. Okay. Right. But but what Golden Sachs did is they bet against the house when they purposely made it so the house would fucking fall. That's what they did, and there was no ramifications for that. And that's my biggest fucking problem. And you know, people want one payer healthcare, and I used to really be for that. And I started hearing from veterans about how bad, you know, the veterans' healthcare is, like. They would show up. They'd be like, "Oh, we can't see for three months." And people go just into the fucking into the parking lot and blow their brains out because they couldn't get any fucking help. It's like free market is what, but real free market, like you know, it's like I say with yeah. like the well, most my, my, real. Go my, on, I'm sorry, but with the uh, with the health, not not to not to stick to this topic for too long, but like with the health insurance is if we're gonna go free market, like. I want that that son of a bitch to be like McDonald's where I pull up and there's a menu with prices. I can't get a price. I got health insurance and I don't know if it cost me a thousand bucks to do this thing here or a dollar. Like I have no clue. And, and to get a straight answer when you talk to the, the insurance, the, the processors, it's like mad confusing. And it's like, dude, if this is going to be free market, let's do that. Then let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Like, and there's no, there's no menu of prices that I can compare this hospital to this hospital. You just can't. It's impossible to do that. So I, I'm okay with whatever we roll with. I just I just want the rolls to make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's it called? Premiums? Is that what it's called? Like, <laughs> pre- it's the biggest scam in the world, man. It's yeah. like, why do I got to pay a premium if I'm already paying all this a month? It doesn't even make any sense. Right. Oh, you're talking about a deductible is what you're talking about. Deductible. Yeah. Sorry, deductible. I'm yeah. going to catch well, it for that. But deductibles. Like, it's just it's, like the dumbest thing. I don't – it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. In you got just like it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just Back like insurance – well, it's like insurance on a car. I pay 80 bucks, 80 bucks a month. I've had that car for four years. I haven't crashed once. I think I paid off the car already. 
have a crash too. Same shit. That you're just paying just 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 ahead of time. I'm like, I might as well just have crashed it by now. <laughs> yeah, right. And and that's like the argument with the health insurance because I I actually priced out all the uh, like the services I typically sort of use. Uh, I do a lot of preventative stuff and sort of uh, alignment therapy stuff, but and uh, therapy, mental therapy stuff. And I priced it all out. Like, what if I didn't have insurance? And it's comparable to the same price because I don't I don't. But, and, and here's the thing is like, you just don't know, man. Like I could, I could get creamed by the, the ice cream truck and boom, there you go. There's a million bucks worth of service now. And, and, and that's why I like to defend the idea of uh, like Obamacare forcing people to have health insurance. You know, if, if, if you don't have health insurance, cause you're like, man, F that I don't need it. I'll take care of myself. And then you're now in that accident in the ER eating up a million dollars someone's paying that and that's the people who have health insurance. That's the taxpayers. That's the, the hospital has to write that off. Uh, so like we pay for it in the end. I, and I don't know what the right answer is, man. Like that's out of my field of expertise. Uh, I just, I just know there's, 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 there's good arguments on all sides of this thing. Um, uh, but John Carpenter, I think he, I think he was on the, this idea that he was very anti-reg and very anti uh, super uber capitalist sort of regime stuff. And he, he, he suggested we've been under that same regime run by the aliens uh, ever since. So, and I don't know, man, there's, there's a widening gap of wealth disparity. I don't know. I don't, I don't get into the economics of it to that degree that I could say, Oh yeah, he's right. And we got a real problem or not. I uh, 100% agree with that. I mean, it is my theory that, the Bushes have been in power, Obama, I mean, Reagan to Obama. I've always believed that. So he's totally right. I mean, like, and I'll get into Trump a little later about where he fits into all that. But I kind of want to go through the, the plot of this whole movie and, um, and all the fa- the famous parts of that, you know, the glasses and all that stuff and oh, right. how that yes, really yes. resonates with people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let me recap. So, so, you know, so Hot Rod, he's homeless. He's hanging out with Keith David. Uh, his character's name is Frank. And uh, Frank's dropping this sort of communist manifesto on him about how, you know, the, the working man needs to rise up and all this stuff. And there's this church over there, and they're shooting out this signal. And they basically have a, a sort of rebel unit. And they're trying to wake up the masses through television. They're hijacking a television station. And they're trying to red pill the masses. And you hear these these sound clips, and they're you know they're they're saying the things you would sort of expect them to say for people that have this sort of political philosophy uh, about how the elites are going to annihilate the masses. They're manipulating you. You need to wake up. All this stuff, right? Well, they um, let's see. Then I'm trying to figure out. So 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 at this point, Rod is keyed in that something's happening in this church. In the basement, he finds a box of sunglasses. He doesn't think much of it, though, right? And then next thing you know, the <laughs> the cops come and shoot up the place like it's freaking uh, World War Three. And uh, Hot Rod grabs some sunglasses because why not, right? And he takes this box of sunglasses. He 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 puts one on, and and that's when we get the iconic imagery that we all see in the memes of you know obey, consume, uh, marry, reproduce, all this stuff, and uh, it basically is suggesting what what it is on its on its uh you know face value where 
the media, the companies, corporate America, the magazines, everyone is in on this idea of manipulating the masses. And, you know, for John Carpenter, it's to support capitalism, which is uh, the deception is by these people that are the elites who are the aliens, which Hot Rod, you know, uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper only sees when he puts these sunglasses on. He sees, uh, you know, all your sort of like waspy guys with the with the nice suits. They're the ones that are the aliens. So it's very clear that this is, he's talking about the upper class elite types. Uh, and they're the ones that are behind this. And then uh, he, so basically Rowdy Rowdy Piper's like, oh my God, like there's these aliens everywhere and look at all this stuff going on. He goes to, <laughs> he goes to Red Pill Frank. He's like, Frank, you got to put these glasses on, man. And Frank is like, hell no, I'm not putting those glasses on. And then they get into the the iconic fist fight that goes on and on. I mean, I think it's like five and a half minutes, right? It's amazing. <laughs> well, the, the, you know what, to me, that fight is like the director really making sure you get the point that this is how hard it is to open people's eyes, you know? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Johnny. Because, I mean, honestly, it's like he's beating us over the head with it figuratively and in the, you know, in the film here. Because yeah, he's you're just right. Like, put uh, put the glasses on, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like that, right? It, it'd be like that sometimes, trying to get people to wake up to like what's right in front of their faces, and uh, people get people get sort of caught up in the in the hamster wheel that has been laid out before them, and you get you get used to it, and there's a certain comfort in the system that you're living in. Um, but yeah, so so. Even so, that woman who throws him out the window. I mean, oh my God! Yeah, she throws him out like the tenth story window, hits him <laughs> in the head with a hammer, and he just rolls down the hill. Wake, gets up, is like, okay, all right. He's you just know? like, put the glasses right, right. on, please. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the um, and that's Holly Thompson's character who's in the movie for like two minutes, yeah. right? She's yeah. she's the uh, I guess love interest. I don't know what you would call her. She she works at the television station and and. Uh, well, okay, we'll, we'll keep going with the movie, right? So they, so th- he finally gets um, Frank to try on the try on these sunglasses. Now Frank's sort of on his team, basically, and then they they rejoin the the rebel unit, and they they decide they're going to like bust into the TV station that that so that they can, I don't know, like jam the signal that's going out that's manipulating everybody, and this is where. Rowdy Rowdy Piper finds out that Holly Thompson is one of with the, working with the aliens, and we also hear a speech from one of the elites talking about how um, about how great it is, but how much money they've got going, and how they're taking advantage of the people. And then Rod, he even asks one of the guys, one of the elites, he's like, he's like, why do you do this, man? Like, why are you why are you taking advantage of 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 you know the middle class here? And he's like, look, they've already won, man. Like we we can either join them and have a good time on the way out or not, and that guy, by the way, is the actor who plays that was actually in the homeless village at the beginning of the movie. I don't know if they were just short on on budget money, or <laughs> but it's the same guy on both uh, on in both roles. <laughs> but that but that's essentially it. And then the movie ends. You know, Roddy Roddy Piper comes through the hero, blows up the satellite, and now everybody's red pilled. Everyone can see the aliens they can see the symbols by the way we should talk about how that's revealed the revelation of everybody being red pilled is this this naked chick is having sex with this guy <laughs> yeah the <laughs> ending the ending is classic i mean this is yeah. it's the perfect capstone to this movie because it <laughs> it ends with a woman she's 
she's very lazily riding this guy. <laughs> and, and, and she looks down and sees he's an alien. And he's like, what's wrong, baby? And then that's it. That's the end of the film, you know? Uh, so, yeah, the whole, the, I guess the whole idea is that the, the, the aliens are in support of Reagan's, you know, Ronald Reagan's policies of free market capitalism. And uh, he's trying to wake everybody up to that. Like, the idea is that we've got this giant deception and we're all being manipulated through it. And, you know, you could take this down the realm of the occult if you wanted to, uh, which is kind of like my bit of my forte more, uh, because Ronald Reagan was into the occult himself. He was, he was, he had an astrologer reading where, you know, his wife was really into astrology, his second wife. And um, he was also into Manly P. Hall. And he kept talking about the secret destiny of America and his speeches uh, which is which is a lot of the occult theories about what America's purpose is, as the uh, the uh, the New Atlantis, as Fra- Francis Bacon called it. But the um, the, uh, the the Reagan similarities are also echoed with Donald Trump, ironically. Uh, what do you if, mean? If you want to like get deep into it, so like the idea is that. You know, Trump was kind of a, he was kind of an actor himself, right? I mean, he was on reality TV, but he more yeah. or less played an actor. He was the, also in, uh, what, Home Alone, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in Home Alone, that's true. Playing himself. Yeah, he, he has his roots in Hollywood, <laughs> right? Much like, uh, much like Reagan did. Um, they also had, if you could... Uh, j- j- just ask Johnny, Johnny, who else could, could, who else could Trump play other than himself? Yeah, yeah, I could point. never see him as a homeless, as a uh, other than a villain or or Trump I could, himself. Maybe like an airline pilot. I could see him kind of doing an airline yeah. pilot because <laughs> the hair. But that's about it. <laughs> well, the well the the other similarities, and I I had watched the uh, I think it was on Showtime. They've got a show about Reagan that's actually pretty interesting. Oh, is that and, good? I've seen they've been promoting that. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. I I, I would say it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're sort of condemning him or not. I mean, it's hard to know. Like some of the stuff usually has liberal leanings, but um, it is what it is. He uh, he apparently had a real obsession. With, he had like a tough guy complex where he wanted to be this bad, the bad boy. He wanted to be a football player, but he was kind of too small. Couldn't really see because he had like something wrong with his vision. Yeah, he started out in radio, right? Like calling games, if I'm not mistaken, at his college or something like that. I think he was like the – I mean, he wanted to play, and then he moved to broadcasting, yeah. and then yeah, that's he, how he got into acting. He got his first – first uh, one of his movie roles, He I think it was called All-American or something, and he played a football right. player. And and the, the show alludes to the idea that he created his own reality and his own sort of alternative history of who he was, embracing this idea that he was sort of like this – all-American football star, and he sort of like, I don't know, maybe lied his way in, into existence of, of who he was, uh, which, you know, some could argue that's Donald Trump. You know, he, he says he's a billionaire. There's questions of whether or not that was true, uh, and I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying that people question a lot of the narratives about who he claims he is, you know. And, uh, like just today on Twitter, they were <laughs> they were roasting him because he's – he was sitting at like a really small desk and looks like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making it, it made him look bigger. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why this stuff happens, but yeah, there's, there's a few similarities there. And then also if you get into the idea that uh, if you want to buy into the idea that Donald Trump knows about the occult connections through Steve Bannon, which I don't know if I buy that. I don't think Donald Trump's got any occult sort of 
you know, pursuits. I don't all. think so. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get that vibe from him at all, but Steve no. Bannon does. Steve yes. Bannon was Absolutely. very heavy into uh, traditionalism. Well, did you see that place that he, where he tried to, remember he tried to set up that school in Europe uh, to kind of work on right wing politicians and develop them. And this place, I mean, it's just the most occult looking place. It's this Gothic style, like really creepy spot that he oh, set up wow. for this. Yeah, it's they, there's a there's a documentary about him that came out last year, and if you, if you're interested at all, check that out. Oh, I know uh, what that documentary about. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, I'll but yeah, they it. follow him as he's trying to develop this school over in Europe to kind of work on uh, hard hard right wing uh, politics, yeah. and it's uh, the spot he picked was fascinating. I'm sorry, we keep losing Sam. Um, I'm not not sure what's going on there, but anyway, we can continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. That's um. I interviewed Professor Ben Teitelbaum. He wrote a book called uh, War, War for Eternity because he was hanging out with Steve Bannon. And he was saying, he basically more or less sort of confirms that Steve Bannon had, the, he was espousing these traditionalist occult ideas that we were in this final age of man and they were trying to accelerate the process such that the new age can begin and the new age would be like this sort of I don't know if dictatorship's the right term or fascism's the right term, but it's something to do with that that idea that um, we'll have this occult spirituality with a sort of more l- less liberal leanings because uh, that's mm. the the route to the denigration of of, of mankind apparently. Um, but but Ronald Reagan he he said he saw UFOs. Uh, he he would talk about the uh, the thousand years of darkness in his speeches and well, and, and his wife was into astrology, right? Pretty heavily, yeah, yeah. Which which was very much like uh, if you look at Queen Elizabeth the first, she had John Dee as her astrologer that was like forecasting coronation dates, which is what Ronald Reagan would have Nancy Reagan do. Uh, Ronald Reagan also, you recall that speech he gave where he basically, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase it, but he basically was saying that. Oh boy, what if we just had an alien threat? That would really get all of yeah. humanity together, right? And and it turns out when you when you dig in a little bit into uh, Ronald Reagan, which I I did prepare for the show, uh, he was supportive of. I'm trying to find the name of the group here. He was supportive of a group that the United it's called the United World Federalist, and he was pushing for a worldwide global government which is very curious to me because as the truth to community knows, we're always up in arms about the globalization of America, which I, I agree. Like I I'm, I'm with that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not for globalization. That's not what I'm saying there, but it seemed that, that Reagan was in fact supportive of that sort of thing. So, which, which goes into some of these occult ideas. Um, but yeah, he was, Reagan was very much into the idea that America had this, Secret occult destiny, Manly P. Hall's teachings. He was a big follower of Manly P. Hall. Uh, they said that he actually took a lot of the lines from Manly P. Hall's books into his speeches. Um, and then also to, to another sort of interesting side note on Reagan, because uh, Sam, you, I believe you always say stuff like, uh, and f- correct me, something to the effect of like uh, liberals raise Republicans and Republicans ra- raise liberals, right? Uh, that that was Reagan too, you know. Reagan was uh, he grew up in a liberal household, and as the story goes, when he got into Hollywood, uh, GE apparently reached out to him, and the FBI reached out to him because he was president of the Screen Actors Guild, and they were you know instilling these ideas of like, hey, you need to snitch on your your Hollywood buddies if they're 
if you think they're communists, because this is during the Red Scare of the Cold War, uh, which which leads me to like the a big idea and sort of like my final takeaway of this movie. As the truth of community, uh, we like to look at everything and reanalyze everything, question official narratives, all of that. And we always, always, always point out all of these um, false flags, right? Vietnam, uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, you, you look at um, Adolf Hitler's uh, Beer Hall push, push, whatever, however you pronounce that, uh, 9-11. And, and these things always end up giving us these sort of authoritarian leanings. Like 9-11 gave us uh, years and years of militarized police forces. Yeah. Surveillance out the ass. The Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. TSA, your cops are walking around looking like freaking Rambo in these like <laughs> these these crazy like EOD vehicles, um, right. you know. And and then you look at all these sort of psyops that we've been calling out for many years, like Operation Mockingbird, which was the CIA basically finding a way to influence the masses through entertainment to be scared of communism. Uh, you've got the Jakarta method, where the CIA was over in Indonesia putting up a false flag of, to make the people think that communists were bad. And th- what ensued was like, they killed like a million people thinking they were all communists over there in the sixties. And what was interesting to me is that the way they launched that was some people had died in their government. And as the story goes, they relayed a story that um, feminist liberals killed these guys for some satanic tantric blood sacrifice. And I thought if that don't sound a lot like what we've been talking about for a few years over here with uh, you know, pizza and stuff like that, uh, it sounds very similar to me, but anyway, I don't know. No, no, no. It's what's interesting about that. Sorry guys. I've been having a bad uh, connection. So I appreciate you guys carrying the ball on this one. But um, the biggest thing uh, that I've gotten away from is that, you know, it's like, you know, they call it the red scare, but it's like, I mean, unless I mean, like, unless this is the most elaborate theater ever, we are seeing a real push for Marxism right now, like in our schools in Hollywood. So what? Like, was McCarthy that crazy? Because they were taking out a bunch of people, and now, I mean, look back now. I mean, you had you had you had this crazy ass like RussiaGate thing, and but we're seeing like. Black Lives Matter say that, oh, we're, we're, the, the leaders are Marxist, which is crazy. So where does that apply to? And, you know, you're totally 100% right, man. A lot of these false flags, things like I've been seeing this whole thing that, like, communists killed 100 million people. That is true. You know, you had uh, China do it, like, they think 60 million when uh, the, the communists took over there. You had Russia doing 20 million. Uh, very big numbers. But let's not forget what what capitalism has been doing around the world to people like what 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 has capitalism done like i know it's like whatever system we have where we've created this drug war like what we've done to mexico how many people died in mexico because of the drug war like how many people died in the middle east so we could get their 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 oil their their minerals and all that stuff. What have we done to Africa for diamonds and all that stuff in the name of capitalism? It's what we've talked about on this show before. It's just like, I love New York City. I've been there a bunch of times, but their culture, their art, their 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 entertainment is masking dark, dark energy that comes from Wall Street. I mean, and the stuff that's been named, 
done in the name of stocks is like unimaginable and disgusting. So it's like, I listen, if you have communism, you have socialism, or you have whatever kind of capitalism we have right now, dude, once you put your hopes in the, in the idealism of humans, like some psychopaths are going to come along and just crush all that. It's like everything should have a check and balance and it should be open market, but there should be some checks and balances to stop the psychopaths from coming and ruining everything. And that's my honest opinion. I mean, dude, capitalism has done some awful things to humanity without a doubt. Communism is garbage, but capitalism has some real problems as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's like sort of my, my understanding is to sort of to balance to find the balance is the key, right? Like I, and, and they want so desperately to pigeonhole everyone in America to be hardcore left-wing, hardcore right-wing, you know, divide and conquer strategy when like we're all pretty much in agreement on, on the standards of living and what we want all pretty much, but like they find a way to sort of divide us so that we're fighting amongst each other when the real reality is like we should have this good balanced deal because no extreme is great. Right. And, and I don't know what the right answer is, uh, but you know, that's what this, what I like about this movie is it sort of is a voice, uh, you know, I'm not going to say pro communist voice, but it's, it's, you know, it's sort of a rebellion against a lot of these CIA psyop, you know, operation mockingbird kind of pieces uh, trying to scare people uh, away from communism. We have an interesting thing going on right now, Isaac. It's just like, you know, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. I just think that the, all of it's getting just the, 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 the illusion is being just 100% destroyed. We, we are looking back behind a curtain. And the truth is, in my humble opinion, it's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It's not liberal. It's not conservative. It's just these power elites of, of like two wings of the same bird that are just causing this chaos. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I can sit there forever and talk about you about all the shit that Trump is doing wrong because I, I, I'm under no illusion that anyone's come to save us. But there's definitely been this dark arts cabal that is either that is both cons- neocon and neoliberal that have been running and just just, just becoming beyond greed. And it's not really even about money. It's like they have so much money. It's really about power. And that's what this whole coronavirus lockdown thing. It's not about money. It's I mean, I, Jeff Bezos has more money than he'll ever spend in a thousand lifetimes. He just wants all the power, all of it. He wants to control your food, your drink, and what you consume. That's power. And that's why I think maybe this movie is about, I mean, I know, because when this movie came out, there was a, a fine line, or maybe the, the illusion wasn't quite a being discovered in that conservative versus liberal. For me, it's just like, these power elites are greedy and they'll do anything to keep our fu- keep as much money and really all the fucking power. They're just thirsty for power and they'd sacrifice everything. Their kids grow up to be pieces of shit. Their families are grown. And at the end of the day, their legacy is just done. Their legacy is done. No, no greedy fuck dies loved by the masses. It's just like they die and then they just get told about Oh, yeah, that guy was a real piece of shit. What do you think they're going to say about Henry Kissinger, Dick Cheney, John McCain? 
they're all going to be like, that guy was a big scumbag and they fucking did horrible things to the world. And they're all going to come back as donkeys in donkey shows in Mexico. Because they're all pe- or the lady blowing the donkey. There's probably like Hitler I was about to say the donkey back. is loving it. The donkey is having a great time. You know, <laughs> dogs. You know, right? It, the, the truth is, it's like the chick who comes back and does the donkey show is probably used to be Hitler. I don't know, man. But the point is, I think, I think the big thing everyone's starting to realize right now is that there is no right, there is no left. I, I it's like it's just power and the, versus the masses. Maybe yeah, I'm definitely. Wrong. There's, there's, there's a, there's, there's a, a thing happening, right? People are waking up to that, and that's what the censorship thing is all about. If you ask me, I think that's the big thing: is they don't want people to wake up to this, this uh, truth that they're being manipulated into, like choosing one gang over the other. I, I believe. I think that in America here, like that pendulum swings both ways. And it does pretty good because when you average it out, we like have this weird blend of, of these socialist and free market capitalism and it works well, but that only works when we have open dialogue. Like I think Joe Rogan said something to the effect of like, uh, you know, the way to fight bad speech is with better speech, not banning it. You don't, you don't censor. And, and that's the way it should be. But when they start the censorship stuff, man, I'm not with that. That's, that's, that's scary to me. That's terrifying, uh, you know, uh, area to go into for us. Well, you know, it's like I don't believe there should be any uh, any censorship because if what you're saying is so ridiculous that people should see that. That's my opinion. Why are you banning flat earth videos if it's so ridiculous? Right, exactly, exactly. Right? It's just like I don't believe – I believe the Holocaust happened. Why are you banning that shit if it's so obvious? I mean, to me, it's just so fucking obvious that it's bullshit. So why don't you, why are you banning it? You give it power by banning it. You make people start to search out. It's like drugs, right? When, when you ban drugs, people try to do drugs. When you suddenly say, oh man, legalize drugs, people don't care. It's not a big deal anymore. Yeah, you go to BitChute and type in uh, the Holocaust now movie. It has millions of fucking views and millions of comments and people are like, they take it off because they don't want you to know the truth. That's, you're just giving them more fire for them to believe whatever the fuck they want to believe when you take it off. It's that simple. Like that yeah, you, you make people go and search for it. You know, you make people go, oh, why did they ban this? Let me look it up. And then you start fucking, then you just start fucking. I just think, I think everything should be. If someone wanted to say the Armenian genocide didn't happen, even though I don't agree with it, they, it should be there. I hate the name Young Turks. The only reason I want the name Young Turks gone is because in this environment, that name should not be allowed. But ultimately, any name should be allowed. And you should fucking deal with the consequences of that name. But at the end of the day, it's like we live, it's like the same thing with Redskins. It's like, but I don't know, man. It's kind of fucking nuts, dude. It's just the whole thing is nuts. The whole, we just live in crazy times, right? It's fucking, I miss Rowdy Piper. Yeah, Alex Jones actually had um, Roddy Piper on. His, speaking of people getting censored, right? <laughs> Alex Jones, uh, he had uh, he had Roddy Roddy Piper on the show. I guess they were uh, fans of each other's work there. So, uh, you know, hey, what do you guys think about when uh, Ronda Rousey went out there to represent Roddy Piper? What happened? You don't know uh, Ronda Rousey what? went out there dressed like him, like like she was like she was his daughter and shit. <laughs> no way! That's awesome. Uh, like tribute type of shit. You know, I don't. <laughs> I don't personally care. I mean, Rhonda, 
that doesn't really bother me. I mean, like, I love I love Rowdy Piper, and he liked her. So he was very blue collar. He was very simple man, and he was a good dude. He was a good dude. So in a movie, did they ever find out why the glasses did that? How those glasses get there? Did they ever say why? No, they call them they call them Hoffman glasses. If if I heard it correctly, they call them Hoffman glasses, which. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was a reference to Abby Hoffman because John Carpenter was a 60s guy. And, you know, maybe it was a reference to LSD waking you up. I, I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I, I mean, you, I, Sam, they're, they're a product. Those people were making them because you hear in the, if you listen in the very beginning, they're having some kind of like quiet conversation about, I don't, I mean, what are we doing? Are we working on getting the Hoffman glasses out to the people or whatever? Or we got to do more than just get these Hoffman glasses out. So, yeah, I mean, it's a product of that secret group that's trying to wake people up they're making them somehow i think i think roddy piper's character is was called nada mm -hmm. yeah but they don't refer him by thing his right name here the movie really you know because yeah they say that right here Spanish, a right? drifter credited man uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a funny ordeal. That, uh, it's just, yeah, it's like one of these things where, you know, Carpenter, he had already done a Halloween one and two, and I, I believe maybe three by that point. And uh, they live, uh, yeah, I don't know if Prince of Darkness was done at the time of this movie, but like the guy knew what he was doing. And <laughs> it seemed like this thing got put together kind of in a strange manner. According to this, his name is George Nada. Yeah, yeah, I've seen George. I've seen I've seen him represent with different first names. I've seen John, John Nada. Nada. Yeah. John well, it, Nada. It, IMDb calls him George Nada. That's interesting. <laughs> and that, and it's very interesting because uh, supposedly the plot of the movie is that the aliens are trying to use global warming to make Earth more like their own planet and depleting Earth's resources for their own gain, which is so <laughs> hilarious because that's what everybody thinks the elites are doing now. Oh, I see. Here we okay. This is kind of interesting, guys. Um, Roddy Piper's character never gives his name, nor is he referred to uh, throughout the film. He is instead simply listed as Nada in the credits, which means nothing, of course, in Spanish and Portuguese. The name almost certainly is a reference to the character George Nada in Ray Faraday Nelson's short story Eight O'clock in the Morning," for which the film from which the film was adapted. So, there you go. So this is an adaptation. I didn't even know that. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's one more one more uh, conspiratorial angle. I guess some some anti Semites took this film as a you know you know where they're going with it, right? The, yeah. the aliens are the, uh, the Zionist Jews or whatever, uh, and John Carpenter, you know, obviously condemned that perspective and said that was not his intention. It's unbelievable. It's like someone said that, like if you use the word globalist. Now you are anti-Semitic. I wanted and to talk about. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, go I, on, there go was on. one other thing that I thought was really prescient about this movie was the idea of universal surveillance and and this and and because now we're being surveilled and we don't even know it and you know with all the the, the technology in our homes. And everybody in this in this '80s film, uh, you know, were being was being surveilled by like these drones, you know, without even knowing they were there. Uh, so I thought, I mean, that was another thing that. Yeah, they had those little really uh, look like Amazon drone things all yeah. over the place, which is pretty 
pretty far ahead of its time too. That sounds a lot better than them searching my phone right now. I would rather <laughs> drones right now than them being able to hear every conversation I have inside <laughs> my house and be able to look at the Zoom because I know they're probably looking at this video right now. I'll be talking shit. And of oh, and course, I, and the chick is hooking up with the aliens. Is that what it is? At the end. At the end, yeah. yeah. And when she yeah. realizes it is, though. Yeah. You know, another thing, actually, I, now that I think of it, that this this film kind of portended is uh, this idea that we're going to be we're, we're going to be ratting ourselves out. You know what I mean? We're, we're there. There are traitors among us who are, are happy to hand hand us over to the authorities. You know, just for some to be in their good graces. Uh, we're seeing that even more, you know, with these people who are ratting people out, who are having gatherings in their homes. Uh, I, I mean, I thought, yeah, this film, yeah, there are many layers. I can see why it survived, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the public consciousness for so long. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't remade it, right? I mean, it's definitely one of those Are you, though? I mean, use. it's a miracle it got made, we agreed. Are you no, really yeah, surprised? That's true, that's true. But I would love to see it remade on, like, probably an independent level. But you'd have to get John Carpenter or the company to put it out to uh, to agree to put it out. But it's really weird how this, like, was the number one movie in the country. But then Idiocracy, they tried <laughs> to bury that. Like, they only let it out one day in the movie theaters. Then they pulled it. And it's like this. If you had that with Idiocracy, now you're on to something, man. Yeah. And of course, the chick bangs the aliens because we all know interdimensional people all want to get in some Earth ass. That's like the story of every ancient fucking holy book. Is that everybody wants Earth pussy? It's unbelievable. I yeah. love it, dude. Keith, I, I think Keith it. David had a conspiracy about them taking it down because it was revealing too much. I think it was him. Don't don't quote me on that, but about how it, yeah, it hit number one and then just disappeared. I guess they just yanked it out right away and uh, like it revealed too much. Yeah, I just feel, I don't know what happened, Len. I guess you had more leniency or I don't know, man. I just think it's interesting. And there is this kind of movement right now of who are they called? The resistance? What were they called in this movie? Who like wanted yeah. to get the word out that, yeah, I think you might you might be right. They might have just went by the resistance. I didn't I didn't catch the. It was an underground, uh, you know, sort of group there. And 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 I forgot to mention they 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 uh, uh, another another sort of predicted programming of the future. They got the uh, the little Apple Watch. They're talking to each other in the little Apple watches. You know what I mean? The yep. aliens. Yep. Yeah, you're right, Johnny. About the human collaborators too, dude. All these people that are like all these blue checkmark idiots pushing this narrative. Oh, get the vaccine, do the vaccine. Oh, my God, the virus is everywhere. Because nobody's watching the news. So how is this narrative getting out? And it's all blue check marks. It's through blue check marks, so social media now, that the narrative is pushed out. And then the way they use law enforcement to kind of enforce their will, you know, because there's a moment in the film where they say, you know, some of the law enforcement are the same kind of sociopathic species, but most of them are just humans that we're – that who think they're doing the right thing, you know, and, and like defending the constitution when in actuality, they're doing the opposite. There are always the blue shirts everywhere around the world. When you see a rise up who comes to cl- clamp down on it, but militarize uh, riot police every fucking time. And what they don't realize is like, we're just like 10 years, 20 years away from robot police. And then they're out of a fucking job if they don't play ball right now. It's just interesting. You see that shit going on in uh, K-12 
Canada. I also think a lot of those videos are so staged to get people all crazy and going nuts. But I mean, like, oh, look at this. Obey, obey, obey. I mean, look at all this shit. We see all these celebrities doing like, hey, guys, I care about people. I'm going to wear masks or these dumb songs they're singing. Like, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And then you got all these, all your heroes cucking out and you're like, Fuck you, guy from Breaking Bad. You could suck my dick now. <laughs> fucking feeling bad. You feel bad? Give up all your money, you fucking piece of shit. It's like, it's so interesting. And like the more and more, I wish my internet hadn't busted. I got to get this fixed when Johnny gets back. to Because it's been two great episodes where I've had to kind of go in and out. But yeah, man. I mean, I fucking love this shit, dude. I love this shit. I feel like I your phone has been fine. Great, I- I'm not sure. I, I, it might be a yeah, computer. Yeah, I know. Dude. Every time I try to... Yeah, it sucks, dude. It fucking sucks. Hey, Sam. Well, if, man... If, hey, Sam, yeah. if, if they remake the movie, would you play Nada? Could you play him? I could. I mean, I couldn't do any stunts because I'm fat. <laughs> you want a fat guy doing sound. stunts, you'll get hurt. Hit that construction I would love sand. to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine if you just see me just going hard, working hard, just come, showing up, shredded, white hard nipples, <laughs> shooting all the HGH dog, just out there shredding. Well, yeah, I could totally do that, dude. If you, got, love- if you got buff, I feel like you'd get your nipples pierced. Some fucking, uh, come- I had my nipple pierced a long time ago. And then I was playing basketball and just started bleeding. I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. So you yeah, dude, I got shirt off a lot. Yeah, back when I wasn't in bad shape, bro. I mean, like, dude, I'm 48. What do you want me to do, dude? I don't know. I, I didn't expect you to do. I think it's the- even weirder when a 48 year old is shredded. You're like, what is wrong with you? Give up, you know, you're growing old. Accept it, right? <laughs> we see some 48 year olds just going, I'm shredded. It's like your grandpa. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> Isaac, this was great, dude. I appreciate you coming on. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's always an interesting thing. Yeah, man. I think I think we're living in interesting times, and I think the I think the politics are blurred. I think you know what is right, what is left, what is conspiracy. I mean, what is conservative, what is liberal. I think that, I think we're slowly learning, at least us in the truth community, that that all these all these people at the top they're all on the same team and they're just playing the stupid theater to keep us all confused why check why cashing checks which Amen, you see brother. in this movie man yep and i agree that's why I we got to re- we got to keep the conversation alive we got to not cut each other's throats too much you know but like keep keep feisty conversation going try to uh not get censored but I always say that, dude. I'm like, what is the information they're given? Is it real information? Then fuck it. I mean, like, I mean, you're not going to trust anybody. It's like, what kind of life is that? Do you want to just live like that where you don't trust anybody? It's like, dude, I used to be super paranoid. It's a lonely place. Mm -hmm. I'd rather, like, here's what I do. Any information you get, be in karate stance, okay? Just be like, okay. (laughs) What are you trying to tell me here, right? And then you kind of take it in. And if you're not, you fucking wax on, wax off, right? And say, fuck that noise. You well, know? No, dude, I so, mean, that's a very Isaac, biblical. One more that's... time. Can you tell them where they can find you? Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, man. Uh, sorry, go on. Well, go no, on, I was Johnny. I was just gonna say that's a biblical approach. What you just described there. I I mean, I just looked it up, and uh, in the King James version, it this is in Thessalonians. It says, "Test all things and hold fast to that which is good." Uh, and that, I mean, that's that's what they teach in the Bible. You know, you know, the Bible is turned into this thing that's very like repressive. But actually, I mean, in the Bible, it says to just test everything, give it a shot, you know, and then hold hold on to the things which make sense for you. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's very much a... sex, right? Yeah, I, I don't mean... know, man. Back then, I think they were they were <laughs> definitely doing some bugging back then. Back, then. <laughs> but it's it is it is Bruce Lee's Jukundo, dude. It's just like take the best stuff that works and leave what you don't like behind. But for me, it's like trust. That's the, the rules of the Ronin. Trust nobody. Question everything. You know what I'm saying? That now, when you say don't trust, that doesn't mean like hate everybody. Be like, be skeptical of everything you hear, including what you hear on this show. I would never sit there and tell you to fucking believe everything you hear on this show. You should always take whatever you hear, research it yourself, and if you like it, take it with you. If you don't, leave it behind. Just clean up after yourself. That's all I'm saying, dude. So it's like just fucking. You know, I mean, I would never want anyone to believe anybody at all. Even Trump, man. You were kind of bringing that up earlier, Isaac. I think, you know, that's people's biggest issue with Q is this kind of like trust the plan, trust the plan, trust the plan stuff, which I completely understand. You should question everything. When I put out shit going, what the fuck is Trump doing? I get a lot of shit. But I refuse to just be cucked for anybody. I will question everything. Everything they do should be questioned. And if it's true, and if they come from a place of love and righteousness, they should be fine. That's my opinion. So, Isaac, tell them where they can find you. All right. So, you go to uh, IlluminatiWatcher.com. Uh, go to the Start Here tab. You can sign up for a free email newsletter. You also get my first book. I'd give it to you for free if you sign up for my email. I manage that. Uh, if you want to go deeper, I got this book about aliens. Use Your Illusion 1. It's on Audible right now. I do a great Bill Gates uh, voice impersonation. That's worth your price of admission right there. Uh, you can learn all about aliens and the occult agenda and entertainment. Uh, and if none of those work out for you, go to uh, Rockfin, right? I'm on Rockfin now. You can check out uh, the show I did with Jay Dyer was on Truth or Drama with me just uh, a couple days ago. Uh, we, we go through this whole thing talking about like conservative, liberal, all these sort of ideas and, and what he's been dealing with on his end, hanging out with Alex Jones. He was hanging out with Alex Jones in Georgia, bullhorning. We talked about that. Uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. Whatever people want to do to hook up, I'm, I'm with it. So, yeah, check all those things out. All right, dude. Well, Isaac, always a pleasure to talk to you. Sorry about the internet connection. We need to get this internet in this freaking studio fix but i appreciate you coming on dude we'll do it again soon and uh let's gig let's do a uh rockfin swap cast sometime Most definitely man absolutely thanks for having me on again i appreciate all right i appreciate you guys thank you guys so much for tuning in you guys are great again sorry about the um sorry about the uh internet connection it will not happen again we love you very much thank you so much have a great weekend we'll talk to you soon take care everybody Go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink.
from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat.